Hello, hello, wellness warriors. Welcome back to the show. This is What Makes Me Well, and I'm your host, Asada Jones. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discover what they do to maintain their well-being and how they've discovered that that is what they needed to be well. Oh, listeners, it feels so good to be back behind the podcasting mic, and I have a great episode lined up for you all. But first, listeners, wellness warriors, as I like to call you, follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Leave this episode a review on iTunes. I really love hearing your feedback and um, help spread the word about this podcast and let people know you're a fan of the show by sharing this episode to your Instagram story from the Spotify app, or you can take a screen grab and share it to your Instagram story. Every little bit helps to get the show to more ears, so share and support the show. All right, wellness warriors, like I said before, this episode is a good one. I was laughing so much with this next guest, I genuinely forgot I was interviewing them at one point. It was it was really fun. Um, so on this episode, I sat down with the host of the Black Woman Be Well podcast and the interim dean of learning support at Valencia College, Jennifer Tomlinson. Aside from kikiing and ha-haing a lot with me on this episode, Jennifer also gets serious with me and she shares the steps she took to improve the well-being of her career and bring it into alignment with what her true purpose is. We also take a hilarious trip down memory lane in the best breakup segment that you guys don't want to miss. Like we reminisce about the dumb mistakes we've made in the past. Um, and, and, it, and it got pretty real. Um, and I think we're going to have a spinoff. No, we're definitely going to have a spinoff. Um, okay, before I press play on the interview, I, I'm so excited for you guys to listen to it. But before I press play, I want to shout out my Be Well Patreons on Patreon. So Kristen, Nadia, Sophia, ladies, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, as always, for being my top tier patrons. I really love you and I appreciate you and I appreciate your support of the show. Okay, Warriors, without further ado, please enjoy my interview with the host of the Black Woman Be Well podcast and my newest Instagram best friend, Jennifer Tomlinson. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Asada, for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, ditto. I'm so excited to sit down and have a conversation with you. I love how social media and the internet gives you the ability to feel like you actually know someone when in reality you don't. Um, (laughs) So I love that we just kind of had this realization before we started recording that like, oh, wait, we've we've never actually met in person, but I feel so close to you. I really do feel like we become friends through social media. Like, I, I don't remember if I added you or you followed me, but I'm just glad it happened. I and... don't know either. I do not know. <laughs> I even have it in my notes, like, talk about how you know each other. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, actually. We've just always been friends. It's, <laughs> it's always been a thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so, Okay. Um, before we get into like the show show, I do want you to introduce yourself to the listeners because, you know, I already know you. You're my best friend. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> introduce yourself to the listeners. And then I do want you to talk about your podcast, Black Woman Be Well. 
Sure. So um, yeah, I'm currently in administration and education serving as interim dean, but I spent a long time of my life um, being a professor, most of my professional career, um, specifically teaching African-American humanities and ancient and classical studies. Um, so always been an educator and always had a special you know, place in my heart to focus on um, the African-American experience. Yeah which kind of feeds into the podcast. So Black Women Be Well, and I love that our podcasts are both similar names. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, this yeah. is, we're on the same wavelength for sure. Total same, like same sentence in the bit book on yep. the page. Like we're, <laughs> <laughs> so um, Black, Women, but Black Women Be Well being a health and wellness um, podcast focused on the black female experience. And it started out with me um, kind of like just talking through my PCOS experience. Um, And it ended up becoming a show on just wellness um, overall and turned into like a bigger thing. But I just really wanted a space to amplify black female voices because, you know, we're not centered on, usually not centered in the conversations of medicine or research um, relationships, mental health, wellness, anything, so, anything, 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 honestly. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, <laughs> that's the reason why I started a podcast because I was like, I don't, when I look up health and wellness podcast, I see very, you know, very beautiful, but typically thin white women. And they're talking like, they're talking from a different place. So um, not to say that their information isn't valuable, but I have to do a lot of legwork to get myself into the space to see things the way they see it. And um, it's important to hear our, it's important to hear our stories. It's important to hear our voices um, reflected back at us. Wellness isn't a leisure thing for Black women. We, you know, have to have two jobs or raise families or so we have to mm-hmm. find time to be well um and so f- just to see you modeling it in practice honestly is inspirational so thank you it's it's nice to know that it's helping other people aside from myself because you know sometimes you you know like i was saying before we started to record sometimes i wonder what am I doing this all for? You know, how many people are actually getting the message across? And then all of a sudden you get a review or somebody slides into the DMs and just says like, hey, this is really informative. And I, and that is yeah. so, it's like, okay, at least, at least somebody's listening. Because okay, cool. I already told you I'm booking my sessions for yeah. February. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm excited. I'm so excited. We'll do it. Okay. Speaking of, um, let's get into it. What did you do this week to support your well-being? So um, I have to be honest, you know, I have been not in the greatest headspace in January. Who Um, is? Yeah. (laughs) I definitely had some, um, well, I had some sickness, like I was physically not well, but also like some mental health stuff, you know. Um, And so this week, Um, I've been really paying attention to analyzing the triggers. Yeah. And um, that was something that a good friend of mine, who's also a mental health counselor, kind of really helped open my eyes about being able to recognize patterns and triggers in my life. And that's probably the biggest difference between me now as a a grown gen versus 
college gen, like I just couldn't, you know, if I got a, if, if the anxiety or depression hit me, I never knew where it came from because I was highly functioning. Mm, yes. Um, so Ooh. now, girl, I mean, <laughs> that's a black female experience, right? Like we yes. just function through. Yep. Because who has the time to actually like unpack and acknowledge this in the moment? I had to go to work. Okay. There are people. Yeah, no, for sure. And and you know what? I love that you're being so vulnerable with with this because sometimes what what we do to support your our well being isn't like a big thing. Sometimes it's just being aware mm-hmm. of what is triggering us in the moment, so that way we can just you know. Uh, like unpack it a little bit yeah. at a time. Um, yeah. No, I definitely had to unpack. I had to like write it in a journal, really analyze why, why was this particular thing triggering this? Why, you know, where's this coming from? Um, and being able to put it into a realistic place that had nothing. And honestly, when I, when I was able to do that, I, I realized very quickly that, Oh, it's not, some abstract thing that just came out of nowhere. I was able to actually point it back to some medication that I had just started. Um, and I might not have been able to walk down that logical yeah. path. It could have stayed up, you know, like how you keep things abstract in your brain and they just become nightmares or fears that you can't work through. But yeah. walking down this logical path, I was actually able to connect it to something medical and then being like, okay, well, I know how to handle that, you know? And so, yeah, sometimes um, it makes it a little bit easier to just like go through the feelings. If you just know what it is, like, I'm not trying to ignore the feeling. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. So that way I can accept it more. And then, and then once that happens, you're, you're kind of done with it. Like, oh, okay. I was just being a little dramatic. Okay, cool. Like (laughs) I'm not, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, good, good. So what would you say is your highlight of the week? Highlight of the week, huh? Um, it is okay if people don't like you, even if you did nothing to them. What? I love that. Holy <laughs> smokes. <laughs> Because let me tell you, every single person that I've interviewed in the in the like thirty odd episodes that I've done the show has given me like an action. You gave me oh. a lesson. I love this. <laughs> no, I love this because holy smokes, that is something to that is something to come to terms with. Holy smokes, yeah. Yeah. Well, because my, you know, I, I, my anxiety got triggered and mm-hmm. I was overanalyzing my relationships, um, professional relationships. And, and I just had to kind of sit with it. Like, you know what, there could be a chance she doesn't like you, Jen, and it's okay. And it, and you probably did nothing and it's okay. People are allowed to you know experience what they want to experience. Yeah. I had to let that go just to kind of deal with my, my, my anxiety. So profound yes profound (laughs) listener she's already dropping gems we're like (laughs) 10 minutes in she's in it okay so uh warriors i want to know what you did this week to be well i'm going to know what your highlight of the week was if it was an action or if it was like a gem drop like 
that's hard to say, a gem drop like Jennifer's. <laughs> Woo. Um, so let me know, hashtag what makes me well in your social media post um, or just tag me. I'm at what makes me well. All right. So Jennifer, I wanted to have you on the show so that we can talk about your recent or we can talk about the recent journey you went on regarding the alignment of your purpose and your career. Mm-hmm. And when you when you pitched that idea to me, I was like, this is amazing because this sounds like that that integral space where your occupational pillar of wellness and your emotional pillar of wellness meet. So um, set us up. Can you fill us in in like what was happening before you started the journey? Yeah, totally. So I, I, I think when you go into education, you make some decisions, especially public school education. <laughs> uh, you make some decisions early on about like, you know, things like compensation. And so yep. there's a part of me that kind of all, always had like this underlying life mission that I wanted to pursue, um, which is fine. And I'm, and, I, and I'm not saying that anyone should, you know, sacrifice monetary <laughs> um, decisions for purpose. I mean, some people do, but that's not the answer either. Um, but for me, I knew that I just wanted to help people and I did not know how to articulate that into a purpose, like mm-hmm. a purpose statement. And because I was already willing to be the sacrificial lamb, right, to, to, to help others, which is, and it, if I could be frank, that is something that, you know, women of color tend to do anyways, and why we enter into industries oh, that, yeah. like education and healthcare, you know, um, kind of already mindful of um, wanting to help people, but not, not be too concerned about being paid. Because the role has already been bestowed upon us in other aspects of our life. Girl, Ain't see? that a kicker? Yeah. Well, we I, are the, we're the educators for the planet. We're the nurturers for the planet. We're the healthcare providers for the planet. So it's ingrained oh. in us to be that way. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. I am not so. going to cry. This is fine. <laughs> Everything is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, it has been a day. Mercury is like in retrograde. She is just not stopping. She <laughs> continues to retrograde and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. She's hitting it hard. Um, All right. You know, and that was me. Like I, I accepted my fate because I had saw value in helping people, but I did not have a clear purpose statement. Like who do I want to help specifically? What do they actually even need from me? And how can I ensure that my skills and talents can even um, be in a realm of excellence to do anything for people? And because I was already willing to self-sacrifice money, I didn't know how to self-advocate for myself in any way meaningful. Mm, mm-hmm. So I spent a long time learning the hard way, you know, um, not knowing what counterparts made because also I'm Jamaican. So we don't talk about money. Well, it's an American thing too. Like we just it's, don't talk about money. Yep. Like, it's a, it's a taboo and it's, it's, it's um, seen as tacky to talk yeah. about money. Yeah, but how am I supposed to know how I'm supposed to get paid if I don't talk about it? <laughs> and isn't that the kicker? Isn't that the kicker? I gotta ask people, what do you make? Because I, I don't even know if I stack up. And I, you know, and 
I, and because, you know, being a good lady and not wanting to be tacky, I literally went through my whole twenties making less than what honestly I was deserved for at the time. And because I didn't self actualize myself, like I didn't see myself as a, um, as a professional, like I, for a long time, I just kept thinking like, I'm not good enough. Like, and I, I need to, uh, you know, um, figure out like how to be better. And I had no idea that at that time I was actually, I was operating at a level of excellence, particularly Mm -hmm. in comparison to, um, counterparts. So I didn't even know my worth. So I didn't know what to advocate for. Even if I wanted to talk about money, um, I wouldn't know about the money part, but I also didn't even know that I was even worth it. Right. So it took me a long time and and a lot of, um, learning the hard way, honestly, to finally in my thirties get to a point where I have a clear purpose statement. Like I know specifically who I want to help, um, and why I ended up staying in the community college system. I want to work with students, and particularly in the Orange and Osceola County. Um, yeah. and that's because that's the community that I grew up in, and I want to help other people. I want to help people find pathways to their goals and to their aspirations, and higher education is just one pathway to do to to reach achieve goals mm-hmm. but if there are other pathways that people want to explore i want to be that person to help guide people um and i do it well i i've uh, fine-tuned my skills and excellence and i started looking around and figuring out how figuring out how much people were getting paid i love that <laughs> yes like, y'all not gonna underpay me no more <laughs> yeah you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> this all needs to change from the bottom yeah. up. Yes, I love it. So when did you get the sense that things needed to change? What were the rumblings like? What did that feel like or not feel like? How did that show up in your um, occupational health and your emotional health? Ooh, that's a good question. And I'm going to be very vulnerable. <clears throat> and I can be this way because I love the institution I work for and people um, that my coworkers know that I love the institution I work for. But if I could be honest, you know, I was, as a, um, a full-time professor, um, my position was brand new. So I was a brand new hire to a new, new job, new Mm -hmm. position. And it was really, really overwhelming because it was so new um, and it wasn't a typical full-time faculty position. Um, it required a lot of other um, elements that were kind of um, unusual for this role at the time. And so I was essentially, and we use the metaphor, building the plane while we're flying it. I Yeah, totally understand what you mean by that. <laughs> It, but if you can think of the metaphor, it's a, it's a, that's a horrible metaphor. Like that's scary. It's heck. terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in the sky plummeting to the earth, trying to assemble a plane, <laughs> you know? So at that time I had finally reached this job that I'd been striving for my entire life, but I was so, um, my emotional well-being was just not good at all. You know, like um, I, I dealt with depression. Um, the feeling of, the first time the feeling of burnout, like I, I used that word before, but this was the first time that I actually know knew what it felt like. Mm. 
um, to, to, and you know, the metaphor give from the saucer, not from the cup, not from your cup. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know if I was given from the saucer. Like I, I would wake up in the morning, I would drive to work and sit in the parking lot and just cry and try to like cry through, like, how am I going to get through this day? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, I've been there before and I, I understand that feeling of just, it's just so empty. And you mm-hmm. just feel so lost. Yep. You know you have to show up. You just know you have to keep going because what are the, at this point, there is no other option. Yep. The, the, the word lost is so perfect because you really don't know where to go or who to call on for help or how to. When you're drowning, you know, the water is flooding into your lungs, so you can't even yell out, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just overwhelming. And the only thing that really got me to even step foot in the classroom to do a lecture, honestly, was thinking about those students and being connected to some sense of purpose. Like, well, let me at least show up for Jimmy and Jamal. And, you know, I start thinking about people's faces. If it wasn't for that, like if there wasn't an underlining purpose and connection to what I was doing, like if I was working in banking or something, it <laughs> it'd be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Felt it. <laughs> so... I, I really struggled at that time, but I, at something clicked and it took a couple of years, a good three or four years into the position and something clicked in my head. Like you can sit here and burn out, um, take your antidepressants and cry through therapy every other week, or you can try to do something. And I just sat, I just, I remember just kind of having a moment of clarity. Like I have to make this experience work for me. And I don't know wh- what that's going to look like, but I have to make, I have to find my happy in the situation. Um, And that's honestly how I turned to the podcast. I had sat on that idea for like five years. And my sister pioneered the curriculum for a podcasting class on at the college. I had connections. Girl, I sat on it, but I had sat on it. No, but you know what? I'm saying what? Like, I've never heard of that before, but but it literally took a pandemic for me to realize that like, oh, I want to do voiceover more than anything. And I want to, I want to be a a successful book narrator. I've never seen what that looks like. So girl, when you were talking about flying the plane while you're building it, that's exactly what I'm doing. I, I just auditioned for a book, a to narrate a book for Penguin Publishing so, you know, if I get it, I, you know, what, what the, I've never narrated a book for a big ass publishing oh company before, God. but we're going to build this plane while we're going to do it, you know? Um, it out. Yeah, no, but I, I resonate with what you're saying mm-hmm. so, so much, so, so yeah. much. I sat on that idea, even though I had resources and then one day I was just like, just do it. Like you're going to probably suck. Yeah. <laughs> but do it. Um, I started doing um, coaching outside of the college. I started doing public speaking outside of the college. Um, And I started finding mentors to figure out like, okay, well, what is the next step for me if I do want to make a change? And I ended up applying to like three or four other dean positions the last three dean positions the last two years. Um, and this is why I always feel like the universe has to be in alignment. Like mm-hmm. it just needs to be your time. And I had to go through that stuff because when this position 
made itself available, I just stepped into it. I didn't even have to work hard for it. Like I just literally stepped into it, you know? Um, and I, and I know that that is really the manifestation of me using 2019 and 2020 of just making my experience, making my own life experience and not waiting for something to just happen or change. Like I had to make that change in my life to find my happy again. Oh, I love that. I love that. And you set me up perfectly for my next question. So like as you're coming into alignment, as you're doing the work to find your happy, what was your recipe for your wellness then? Um, I had to make some clear boundaries around, um, students. So, Mm. uh, I wonder how I can explain this. I just, I give my all to people. Yes. And so whether you want to text me cause you're in, you know, you're going through it with your family or you don't understand, um, the directions on this assignment, or you want to talk every day during office hours while I'm trying to grade in the office. Like I just over accommodated myself because I do love, I love my students and I had to find the, you know, something within me to say, like, I have to, I have to love myself too. So (laughs) how am I going to create space, um, and be comfortable with saying no, not right now. So making those kind of boundaries at my, um, with my students, you know, it really, help free up a lot of time, honestly, and help me kind of remember <laughs> uh, that just because I crash when I come home, that doesn't mean that's not wellness. That's not, yeah. that's not um, self-care. When I come home, I'm so exhausted that I binge watch Netflix till two o'clock in the morning when I fall asleep. That's burnout. That's not self-care. I yeah. have to but disassociation is so much fun. It's so much, yeah. It's a survival mechanism, <laughs> right? But I wasn't pouring into myself because I didn't. Ha- I didn't want to crack open a book to read something to help me become a better person. Yeah. I didn't want to work out. I didn't want to eat right. So um, finding the time, uh, making boundaries with my students, freed up time for actual quality self care. And then saying no to things um, and being okay with disappointing people by saying, you know, I can't take on that project or I can't do that commitment because I knew that I had something else that I wanted to also focus on, which maybe was a public speaking thing or a podcast thing or community activism, that kind of stuff. So I love that. It's like you just learned to shift your focus, not your focus, but the self-care and that attention that you've put into taking care of others, you've put that um, intention upon yourself. That's beautiful. You know what, Asada, too, like while we're talking, it's making me realize like how insecure I was at that time. I wanted to do everything to prove to everyone that I was meant to be there. Oh, wow. So like I would do everything like, yeah, Yeah. I'll sit on that committee. I'll take on that project. Yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll teach two extra classes. Um, but it was mostly coming out of a place of deficiency. Like I was highly insecure, but baby, once you figure out who you are, it's like, oh, you know, (laughs) you start, nope, not doing that. (laughs) It's the opposite of the year of yes. It's the year of nope, nope, we good, nope. Yep. So how has your recipe for your well-being changed, um, post uh, transition or has it changed at all? Have you added anything new? 
Well, being being completely vulnerable, I think 2020 has really knocked me for a loop. Um, I need, to, and this is why I said earlier, like I'm booking sessions with you. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> like I need a little help. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> yes. um, I think that I'm, I've always been a natural, like I've always been an introvert. I'm a highly functioning, um, social per- person if needed, but, um, I'm very introverted. So me being home all 2020 and not being at all remotely worried is a little is a little worrying because I've <laughs> I've fallen into some bad habits. Like I don't I don't work out anymore. I don't stretch. Um, I don't I don't even journal the way I used to. And it's because I'm just getting into this new like really lazy habit of of the pandemic world of just you know waking up to go to the computer and work work for a couple of you know for all day until I'm tired and then just stop. And I don't have any space. Um, for those that good quality self care, so I'm I'm actually if I'm gonna be honest with you, Asada, I'm struggling to get into a new normal post in this pandemic world, working from home. Yeah, I I I sympathize with that. Um, even though I myself make a living out of movement, because I haven't been able to do it as much as I did before pre pandemic you know, um, it's, uh, I find myself echoing the things that I've heard my students say. And yeah. it's, and it's just, oh, you know, it, it makes you realize how um, we are just creatures of habit, you know. Yeah. And once we get ourselves into, you know, a momentum, and we, and it, um, and we stop, like as far as movement and that ends, man, the way that affects our, not just our bodies, but the way that affects our, our minds is just, whoo, it's hard. It's hard. And then, and then getting back into it. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah. What What are the things that your students say? I'm really curious. So a lot of my students say that they don't have the time and also that they're just too, tired. Um, That that sounds a lot like me. That's why um, I was curious. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's a lot of time and tired. And I, and I am going to specify with the women. um, I would say women over 35 tell me a lot that there's just so much, there's so many things to do in the house Mm -hmm. that to take time to stretch and do yoga feels very superficial. Yeah. Like it's almost like, and and I t- and I complete like when I when I um when I stop and I think about where I'm at right now, um, I've realized that I've made a career out of working out, which is why I do it all the time because I'm you know ha- I'm getting paid to do it. So mm-hmm. I noticed that when I'm not getting paid to do it, I don't mm-hmm. do it as much. <laughs> there, <laughs> oh, that's an interesting correlation. Um, <laughs> And I find myself thinking about, okay, well, why don't you do it as much besides the fact that it's, you know, you're not making money off this one thing. It's like, well, um, you know, there's all these things to do at the house. Um, I do kind of feel a little bit guilty. Like if I do a, if I wake up early in the morning and I 
do like a hot yoga thing for two hours. That's two hours that my dogs have to wait on me before, you know, they go out, they go use the bathroom, they get their breakfast. But if I go ahead and if I start that and then I do it, then, you know, there's like a whole routine that typically happens. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I feel guilty breaking this routine for my dogs. I cannot imagine women who have human children, you know, (laughs) like when they express this to me, I'm just like, make those kids wait. Who cares? But in reality, I can't even do it with my dog. So I, it's just so interesting because I, I use the tired excuse and I don't have time and then I'll plop on the bed at like eight o'clock or seven mm-hmm. o'clock at night and then immediately feel guilty. Cause like, I'm like, girl, why are you tired? You literally walk from the bed to the office. You don't have kids. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have time? And so then I get into this thick cycle of like the self-hate talk. Like, you know, that's why you're lazy or, yeah. you know, you have to kind of work through that. Cause the, critique. I the critiquing, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I say the same excuses, but I always feel guilty, like, because I don't have kids and I'm actually in the best prime situation in terms of time. I don't commute to work anymore. Um, I can take breaks typically whenever I want, because as long as I'm not in a meeting, you know, I can literally stop and go for a walk. But so I end up feeling highly guilty, but then that starts to cycle again because now I feel bad. I want to just eat and sit in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the ideal standard, the the big quote unquote ideal standard, right? But what we're not what we're not taking into account is that you're a real human being mm. with you know real emotions. Mm-hmm. And after you're done working and staring at a computer screen all day, it's kind of hard to like get that motivation. You do kind of want to turn your brain off and like yeah. just disassociate for a little bit because. Although you're not physically moving, we're not driving um, anywhere and and using up that emotional energy and like traffic and stuff, there is still a lot of like like background anxiety happening. There's a lot of stress that's happening. Um, I think there's a lot of stress happening with like online communication because we can't like physically see each other and mm-hmm. like communicate with our tones and our emotions. We're having to do so much work with like being super polite and adding emojis and like conveying mm-hmm. our emotions through our words. Mm-hmm. And that is so hard to do or through Zoom when you have like a weird internet connection and sometimes you're busy looking at yourself the whole time because you make insane hand gestures and your eyebrows do weird <laughs> things. <laughs> I don't know, just a random, <laughs> just a random. Oh, you're hitting it on the head, girl. You, but but it, it's exhausting. It, it is. Yeah. I appreciate you validating my existence right now. No, absolutely. <laughs> and 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 I will say another thing. I was a fitness instructor who got paid to do it, but also I had the absolute pleasure of sharing energy with other people. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm realizing that it is ev- – okay, so I ch- I cherished my solo practice a, like so much when I was teaching group classes because it was the only time I got to experience it alone. But now on the flip side, I'm always alone and I'm like, oh, I need the energy of other people. This is insane. 
Like mm-hmm. no man is an island right. and that's why I hate working out alone. I feel like that's kind of something that m- might be applicable to you because you're working by yourself, you know, on a computer at home, but then also you're going to have to work out by yourself. And that, mm-hmm. ugh, that's not motivating at all. Well, that's a really great insight because it really is a testament to like, even though um, some of us are introverts and, you know, I'm not an extreme introvert, but I am definitely introvert, introverted. We all still need energy. Um, mm-hmm. That insight really, really is helpful. And the way you framed it around dispelling some of the energy, like I need people around me to take some of this out of me, you know, like, yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think I would have thought about that had it not been for this conversation. Glad to provide yeah. that perspective. Like totally. for me, group fitness changed my life because I realized that I didn't like working out. Like I'd go to LA Fitness and I did I paid for the personal trainer that basically just watches you while you're on the treadmill and doesn't really do too much. Anyway, um <laughs> so I I did that. <laughs> but it wasn't until like I took a group like fitness class. And in my case, it was a pole dancing class where there was just this energy and like everyone's struggling together because it's real hard. Mm. Um, So it was just, it really like motivated me to be like, okay, well, I know I'm going to work out and I know it's going to be hard and I know it's going to suck, but I'm also going to be around a bunch of other people that even though I don't know them, they have like a good vibe. And that's nice to, it's just nice to be around a good vibe too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Well, Speaking of people and vibes, I want to move on to my next segment. Shout out to the crew. I want you to take a moment to shout out the people in your support system. And I want you, if you um, are comfortable sharing, I want you to to, um, talk about a particular moment um, that you discovered that those people were like your people, your crew. Oh, hmm. Oh, I like this. I just don't hope I don't leave anybody out. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I <wanted> to- Disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I left you out by accident, uh, don't hold it against me. Um, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> I want to give a special shout out to my interns, Lion, Shania, and Kenrick. They do not get paid for helping me on my podcast, but I literally could not have done it without them. And a uh, special shout out to Shania. Uh, that girl has been with me since the day we launched and that that is my people right there um uh, so I I appreciate yeah like like knowing um uh, my students really are a part of my tribe because all of these um all of my interns I've engaged with them in some kind of capacity as as a advisor or professor and um the way they just come through um You know, I just can't love them enough. Um, And I have to give a special shout out to Carla, um, her wife, LaVonda, and Miss Tia. Um, I'm surprised I didn't talk about it on the episode. One of the things that really also helped me kind of navigate the steps I want to take to take ownership of my own life was the four of us got together and did a common read on a book called Designing Your Life. Mm, putting, because, I will make a, sh- a note of that, Designing mm-hmm. Your Life. 
we all were in this kind of funky phase as young professionals. Like, what are we doing and why are we not happy? (laughs) 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 So that working through that book together um, and just having people that I could trust uh, professionals, um, but also friends uh, that's gone a long way, honestly. And I, I can call them anytime I know that they could, they would drop what they're doing on a drop of a dime to talk me through. And I would do the same for them. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. Special shout out to my best friend, Jessica. My therapist told me I needed to start asking for help. (laughs) Don't you just hate it when they do that? You're like, Oh, (laughs) she was, this is years ago. She's like, Jennifer, if you were in a car accident, what would you do? I'm like, call my mom. (laughs) Like, well, you're in a crisis now. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you call somebody? And I just started crying. I was like, you're right. <laughs> so It's the logic. Like, Every time girl, they use the logic, it's upsetting. Girl, I love it. And you just start crying because you just realize how dumb you've been your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but Jessica is my best friend and she is my crisis helpline. So anytime, she's the person. So anytime there's been difficulty, I can call her. Uh, yeah. Shout out to the best friends who like are just stop, drop and roll, will ignore their husbands for like 45 minutes and just oh, listen yeah. to you complain or just talk <laughs> about something you talked about literally two days before, you know, yeah. that is, yeah. and then just listen, you know, that's oh, best friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Love it. All right. So, um, Speaking of something your best friend probably talked you through, um, moving on to the next segment that I like to call best breakups. So (laughs) I want you to tell me about one of your best breakups, and it could be a breakup with a romantic partner, a platonic friend, a breakup with an idea or a thought process, or even a bad habit. But I want to know what you learned from it and how you think that experience contributes to your well-being. Best breakup. Hmm. I mean, I can edit some things if you just want to get it off your chest too. That's it. I'm, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, in other words, you can speak freely. Um, you know, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I, let me talk. Okay. A couple of ideas come to mind with that question, but I, I'll I'll take because it's just I don't know why it's just standing up to me right now. But I'll talk <laughs> about my last relationship. It was Love the it. worst. It was the worst breakup. Like it was terrible. Like that relationship was not healthy. Oh no! Okay. Well, yeah. it was. It's the best now, right? But it's the best. I some things you have to learn the hard way, baby. There's just yes. You know, I had to learn. God was like, you're going to learn this lesson (laughs) from a PowerPoint or a book. (laughs) So in this relationship, you know, I'm laughing so hard right now because I have a memory girl. Okay. Legit a memory of me on my knees praying to the Lord, like, God, give me a sign. If this is the person I'm supposed to be with, please let me know. And legit the next day I saw him kissing another girl in school. Like, Oh my God. 
but did I break up with him? No, because oh. because what I saw was like them them pulling apart, and I was like, well, I don't know if they were actually kissing. Oh my gosh! And meanwhile, God is like just looking at you, like, are you serious? He's so mad, so <laughs> mad. And you know what? It took it took a very hard lesson for me to realize that this is not a, a good person. But yes, girl, like, yes, you have to learn at the heart. I was begging the Lord. And he was like, if you don't listen to me, <laughs> oh, if you don't listen to me, you're so stupid. <laughs> He's like, All right. You want to learn? You going to learn today. Okay. You can learn. That's that was him, and I, you know, I gotta respect him because I prayed that same prayer about this man. Okay. <laughs> like, can you just send me a sign? And there's like ten signs. He's and I was like, just like all of them. Ask girl. your best friend because he hit on her last week. <laughs> come on, come on, oh, girl. Gosh. Yes, girl. Oh. So the worst breakup, um, <laughs> breakup was the best one because I learned a lot and. Yes. You know, he was not faithful and not even my type. I don't grow It's a long story, but I will say. You didn't even want to be with him. I un- I know the st- girl. Yes, I understand. You were doing yeah. him a favor. Girl. girl. <laughs> yes, and somehow. We're going to have to do a whole nother recording just on that topic. Okay. We're not the only one that's done that stupidness. <laughs> Yes. You know what? We should, we should do like a, like a, why did we do that segment? <laughs> what were we thinking? Yes. That, that even your type. What were you thinking? Anyways. But, That's a whole so. podcast. Are we about to start a whole new podcast? Wait a minute. <laughs> it's been off show. I mean, it's a thing. <laughs> I'm making a note of this. Spin-off? <laughs> Spin-off question mark? <laughs> But I, you know, the best lessons I learned from that breakup was people are going to love the way that you love. I was very much an elitist. I'm a Pisces. So I love deeply. Mm -hmm. I'm also a relator and I, I have, I'm, um, I'm, I'm really big on connectedness. So I, you know, a part of the elitist in me thought that I loved the right way. And if you don't love the way that I love, then it's not real love. And I had to learn the hard way that not everyone's going to emote the way that you emote. And that is okay. And that people demonstrate and show love in different ways. And that you have to love people for the way that they are, you know. Um, and not as you would have them. Oof. Yeah, I had to learn that. And I, and it, ooh. Talk about the hubrisness. I mean, that knocked me all the way off. Like when that moment of clarity hit me, like, wow, you have to be really, you have to be really hubris to think that the only way you can emote and show love is the only way people show love or show affection or, um, what's the word? Um, intimacy, Mm, uh you know, um, like I want to talk about feelings all the time. Some men, show intimacy because they just share their stories with you, their life stories, or they introduce you to friends and their love language is different. Yes. Totally different. Yeah. And I I couldn't see that. Um, And then I also had to learn the, learn the hard way that, um, you know, that I was worth more, honestly. 
Yes. I'm so glad that you said that because yes, learning love language and that everybody loves differently, that's a piece of the puzzle. But the other part is that you deserve to be loved the way you need to need to be loved and and you are worthy of that. Um, Oh, that's good. I'm so glad that that came full circle. Cause if you weren't going to say it, I would be like, Hey, I'm not your therapist, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm going to overstep my boundaries. And I would have let you know, let me tell you something now though. I don't play no games anymore. Like I, 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 I see people for what they are. Like if that's how you love, Baby, that's what you need to do, but that's not going to work for me. So that's that. my sign. I know how to see signs now. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. You live your best life. <laughs> yep. Loud and clear. I hear you. I see it. I'm acknowledging it. Yes, girl. That's so. beautiful. I love that. That is, yeah, that's, that's a, oh, that's a good breakup. It's a hard breakup, but that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Well, man, we're getting towards the end of the episode already. I feel like time just flew by right there with you. This is so fun. That's such a good time. And I'm, it's so crazy too, that I still haven't seen you in person. I know. We need to, yeah, we need to like grab some tea or or coffee or something like that. I would love, I would love that. You know what? We're going to meet and do our spinoff episode. (laughs) You think I'm joking about this, but we're definitely going to do this. I hear you speaking things into existence, girl. I'm, I'm with it. Really excited. It's called <laughs> what? It's going to be called like, what were you thinking, sis? Or like, <laughs> or like how did that work out for you? <laughs> right? I like that. I like that. I'm going to write it down. Oh my God. I love that idea. How did <laughs> that? Wait, can we do a live outdoor show? Oh my God. I'm really excited about this. Okay. We can. Um, I have people could help us for you question i am so excited no we're doing this we're doing this no we're gonna we're gonna sell some tickets it's gonna be a comedy podcast i'm so excited love it (laughs) how did that work out for you uh because i do you know i can totally tell the story of my stalker because that's a thing too and because you know i didn't i just didn't want to see the sign again signs and i was just Anyway, that's 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 the live show. Yeah, got, Listeners, yeah, you'll have to buy a ticket to our live show to hear the story of that. <laughs> you're like, I want to buy a ticket. Yeah, I want to hear this story. I'll tell you. I'll tell you after we stop recording. I will. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's move into our recommendation corner. Um, I wrote down the book, Designing Your Life, because you highly recommended that. Is Are there any um, like books or movies or talks that you have seen that you want to shout out to the listeners? Um, yes, I've been really um, knee deep in all this equity work at the college. Mm. So there's a couple of books, if anyone's interested, there's a book called From Equity Talk to Equity Walk. And that this, this book really does focus on equity in higher education. But so I don't know if anyone's listening that's in that industry that's interested but you get a really good definition of equity overall so it's worth the um read there's another book called teaching for black lives if anyone's interested in that tell me about that yeah i i just started it and i think it's mostly a secondary education perspective but um it really is just it's more like a handbook of recommendation 
um, for people that want it, that people that teach black lives. Um, and I, I I think it's really going to be helpful for those white allies and advocates in education. Like if you teach in any capacity, this is excellent for you, but there's also great insight for, you know, black educators too, because there's just some things about our history and some things about education that is centered in whiteness that we just don't understand. And yes, and that we've internalized. Yes. Yep. 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 So yeah, I don't know if anybody else like has access to LinkedIn learning, but there's a learning path that I highly, highly recommend. I just went through it with my division. It's called um, allyship and anti-racism work or something like that. Allyship and anti-racist um, change. Okay. And it's on LinkedIn learning. So it's a two hour learning path and it is phenomenal. I am writing all of this down and I will be putting a link in the show notes so that way the listeners can, um, yeah, can definitely get the direct links to the books and the LinkedIn, um, you call it a path, you call it a path. A learning path. A yeah. learning path. I call them yeah. webinars because I'm a million. I don't know. I don't know what to call them either. So <laughs> we're, we're the same person. We're great. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, either way, I will put a link into that. Well, Jennifer, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your energy with me. I feel like I. I feel like you're in the room with me. That's the crazy thing. Like, Me too. too. (laughs) I'm so glad that we got this chance to connect. But truly, thank you again for sharing your journey and sharing your life lessons with me and the listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Where do you want to be found? Uh, Please uh, subscribe to the podcast, Black Woman Be Well. I'm available on all major podcasting platforms, so iHeartRadio, Google, Apple Podcasts. You can find a lot of this information at my website, blackwomanbewell.com. Or if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, my Instagram handle is B, the letter B, woman, letter B, well, B, woman, be well. Awesome. I will put all those in the show notes so that the listeners can follow you and can listen to your show, which I'm a big fan of, by the way. Did I say that at the top? I'm a big fan of your show. Oh, thanks, Asada. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you have a great evening and I will talk to you soon. I'm going to, pl- I'm like seriously planning our live show. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm with it. Awesome. All right. We'll talk soon. All righty. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show, Wellness Warriors. I hope you enjoyed it. If you loved the episode, please leave it a review, rate it on whatever platform you're listening on, and um, share it with a friend. You can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it to your stories. It helps spread the word that way too. When you do, be sure to tag the show on Instagram or Facebook. We're on Facebook too. Speaking of... If you're not already, follow us at What Makes Me Well on both platforms, all one word. And if you would like to, you can find me, your host, Asada Jones, on Instagram and Facebook as well. I'm at a.joneswellness. You can also contact me via my website. It's asadajones.com. And Warriors, when you sign up for my monthly newsletter, you get two freebies. 
The first is a digital download of a guided meditation led by yours truly. And it's intended to leave you feeling centered and calm. And the other is a well-being self-assessment that can help provide clarity on which of your eight pillars of wellness may need some extra attention. Two wellness tools that are perfect to use together in my opinion. You meditate first and then you assess. Okay, wellness warriors, stay strong out there and don't forget to armor up and use the tools in your well-being toolbox. I'll be back soon, but until then, be brave, be light, be well.